and welcome to Design and Wine. Today's episode is tastefully called MyPortfolioHell.com. We do have another title which is in draft called Freelancing or How I Learned to Love Networking, which is also going to be the title of Al's debut book. Oh, Al, <laughs> did you know that? <laughs> That's plot twist. Plot twist indeed. Al, um, what does your portfolio look like? Ah, loaded questions. Just starting with loaded questions. Okay. Um, I have not a portfolio. Okay. Um, what I have been doing for the most part until this point uh, is to prepare uh, a portfolio ad hoc, uh, specifically targeted for the company that I I apply for. Um, I think this is a result of m many different factors. One of them is that I am I am just a designer who can't finish a portfolio. So I'm just going to say that. Um, second is that um, I think that as a systems designer, what the work that you're going to do in one company can completely vary to the work you're going to do in another. Um, uh, so it's it's really difficult to create a one-size-fits-all portfolio for every company. The one thing that I do use, um, I, like it's not like a template, it's just like I have one version of it and that's finished and that's done, it's a resume, which is something that I hadn't had for many, many years. What about you? Oh my God. My portfolio is my Twitter account because that is everything. I'm a, I'm a very big believer in sharing everything you have in public as often as possible. Mm. That has been for three years, my Twitter account. Pretty hard to send that to somebody though. Have you? Um, no, but I've been contacted on Twitter for things, projects, articles, guest writing, that kind of stuff, podcast appearances. That's not a design portfolio though. It's just me as a person and my brand. Oh my God. I hate I just said that. Shoot me. <laughs> it's your uh, personal brand. brand. I, yeah. Twitter is basically everything that I've ever done in the past three years. I did slash do, I guess, cause it still exists, have a PDF somewhere of work. I also have a landing page on my website of things that I did in my last job and a couple of jobs before that. That's what I used to apply for jobs before Figma. Uh, did it get me anywhere? No. Wait, so uh, did you have to show a portfolio to apply for Figma? No, I applied with an article that I'd written, mm. which very conveniently had been published the same week as the job went online. And it was effectively what I do now. It was me writing about my migration from sketch to Figma oh. over many thousands of words. So kind of, it was very convenient. That's pretty cool. Uh, so that makes me think, and I, I mean, I have to believe that because that's just sort of what I've been doing, but that there's just many ways a portfolio can be, and it doesn't have to be uh, templated, like, here's like three case studies and here's what I do. And like, this are my strength. Like it doesn't have to be the same for every job. It doesn't have to be the same for everybody. 
what is the one thing do you think that a portfolio needs to have? Like absolutely needs to have. It needs to have you in it. What oh. I don't see, I don't see in so many portfolio reviews that I do is the person behind it. And I don't know, arguably it's more important than the work because you spend more time with the person when you're working with them. You want to know you could get on with them, that they're going to be a good colleague, someone you can trust, someone you can give work to deliver. We can teach anybody how to use Figma and how to learn product process. Of course, you have a natural knack for it or creativity or whatever you want to call it. But when I, when I see just a sort of plain template something, it doesn't really inspire me to want to speak to that person more. Whereas I, was, I did one last week, in fact, where there was no indication of this person's sarcastic sense of humor in their presentation or their portfolio website. And I just thought it was such a big shame because I would like to work with somebody, who, this specific person, but there was no way to know that without having met them in person. Yeah. Um, I think that's becoming increasingly a problem. And I, I myself have been guilty of this. Um, I think that a lot of us are using chat GPT to uh, help us with our storytelling. Um, I think there are many reasons to do that. And like, there's definitely like benefits to it. Um, for example, I, as a non-native speaker, uh, it is harder for me to to write a good like outline in English. Um, if I could use Chat ChatGPT to like help me sort of tidy up my ideas and have like a place to start from, like I feel like it's a it's a good tool. But I have used it for my website, and the one piece of feedback that I've gotten consistently is that people can't tell who I am what I'm about and, you know, why they should even look at my website. Mm. I've got a, another friend who is very productive on side projects and is always working on other things. I'm not suggesting anybody needs to do that because it's, 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 in, it's unhealthy, but they have got way further in job, job applications by showcasing the things they're not doing in the day job compared to their job, because it's kind of, pixel pushing, which again, you wouldn't know that somebody has these other interests unless you speak about it. Like for, for you, for example, that piano in the corner that you are playing or not playing <laughs> might just have another like flair or flavor to your application that you wouldn't get if it was just kind of, I am a user-centered product designer who loves thinking about who oh. cares. God, you're describing like my headline of my website. <laughs> no, I need to, I need to show some love to that website, uh, which by the way, does not have, it, it has a, a work uh, or like project section, but it doesn't have anything in it. Um, all I get is like submission, like spam submissions. So yeah, 2024 portfolio, maybe who knows? Um, I used to spend so much time customizing this WordPress website that I had with plugins and widgets and content and case study stuff and like doing loads of custom CSS on it for not really any benefit at all. So I don't, however, for, for job, job applications, there was no benefit. 
but for skill development, tons of benefit because I learned how to build WordPress websites. So whatever format you use for your portfolio, it might actually be benefiting other things, but ultimately you need the most simple thing for people to skim, see who you are and kind of how you're related to what they're doing. Yeah. So, okay. So, um, do you have any ideas for like alternative portfolios that like something that people can like look at and be like, wow, this is different. This is special. Maybe you could do a little like fast round and like, just say some ideas. Well, I can give you a, a practical example of what a friend did. Okay. They, there's a TV show in the UK called Taskmaster, which is like a comedy, uh, sorry, comedians do these funny, stupid tasks on TV like most shows and they have a very particular style of this show and it's created by a broadcaster and my friend was interviewing for this broadcaster and made a video in the style of this show for the design job and they got through and they ended up getting the job i'm not suggesting they got the job because of the video but it just shows you that you're deeply interested and you're willing to go a slightly different angle to the application i generally do think that a one minute video of you talking about something is way more interesting than making anybody read 3000 words of a case study. So I think video format is amazing. Firstly. Yeah, I like that actually sounds really inspiring. Um, I think I have applied to a couple of jobs with like a loom video mm -hmm. but it uh it's was like the loom video was like the main thing and then i guess supporting like figma file like showing some some screens and all that but like it's it hasn't proven very effective as a systems designer because the visual like the the final like artifact to show is not as, as flashy as a like here's a new feature right um but i think video it's a really cool idea like loom video is nice but what about a YouTube video, like an actually like edited movie, like yeah. a reel or something like that? Yeah, it's, it's hard to do at scale if you're applying for hundreds of jobs. But I think that something you mentioned, we can come back to it in a second about you having this custom thing per company. But I remember there was a phase years and years ago of people kind of like designing their resumes to look like the company that they're applying for or something like that. And I did have a, another friend who actually had a successful experience with that, where they rebranded, rebranded, they designed their resume to look like that company's app. And that is another just way of just saying, like, I'm really interested in working for you to go, I'm going to go to this level of branding to do that. And I just think it's a, a nice touch as well to do that. Hmm. Oh. Do you, it's making me think of that uh overly attached uh like girlfriend meme uh i think that you have to be really good to do like to execute right that right uh and your friend if they got the job they probably did that um because it makes me think that like i don't know i i would feel a little bit too vulnerable to like being like hey i'm just like being a, a fan of your brand you know what i mean like um i would i would fear to be judged in in a way that it's like in the way that i am judging right now i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> let's let's put it the other way around uh we know that people love their having their ego stroked 
especially companies with a brand. Mm -hmm. And if you show any kind of indication, even if it's just the colors that you use, that is aligned to that company, they're immediately going to think, oh, they're paying attention. <laughs> My brother uh, used to advise people all the time to go onto a company's um, like about us page or careers page and just look for keywords on there and then use those exact words in your resume or cover letter. Oh, that's, people, that's what GPT does now, right? Like just people want to know that you're looking at what they're doing. And it's even just a small touch using the same font as they use. Oh, it's making me think of something even better than that, that meme to have, have you ever, uh, watched friends? Yes. Do you remember when Joey gets dressed in like all that swag from uh, a Porsche or Porsche? I don't know how to pronounce it. Yeah. <laughs> but he doesn't. He doesn't have one, but he just wants to look like he had. He, he has one. So it's making me think: What if we mix all of our ideas and we make a Loom video or a YouTube video? We wear all the swag from the company that we want to work for, and we got them. We don't even need to show anything. You're in. <laughs> Forget about the actual work. So you need. And you mentioned earlier the that you create a custom something for each application. Does that yeah. mean that you apply to very few jobs? Uh, yes. Yes. Uh, it does mean that. I think being able to, to do that, it comes with... Um, a privilege of having time and, and, and the space to, to customize something for every company. If you are um, on a hunt, like your full-time job is to find a job, then that's probably not uh, the best uh, approach. I think that a good, a good thing to have ready is like, if I had to apply for a job in the next 30 minutes, how would that, like, what would be the, like the MVP of that? What would be the minimum, like, good thing that could showcase who you are and how you work. Uh, I don't currently have that. I can, I mean, I am using my resume only. Um, and in, in it, I mentioned that I'm, I'll be happy to prepare like a portfolio review because I feel like that's like a very effective way to, to say what you want to say and just make it very intentional. Your resume is kind of a, a sub version of you talking through projects anyway, isn't it? Um, it is, it is, it's an overview of everything that is me professionally and a little bit personality too. Um, so it's not a timeline. Uh, it does, it does have a timeline timeline in it. Uh, but no, it's more like highlights and like just seeing it's a list of things that it's the list of things about me. I would say. How, how do you pick what goes on it? Um, I think the main general rule is I only include things that I want to do again. Right. So if I want it, um, like, let's say, um, user research, uh, like interviews and that sort of thing, I deeply, deeply dislike that. Uh, so I don't include it as part of my skill set. Um, if I have to do it, uh, I do it when I have to do it, I do it, but it's not something that, that I, I would, I, I would never lead with that. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> I've, in fact, I've never done a user test in my entire life. 
Partake. Yeah. Anyway, um, what's your what's your take on take home assignments? Um, I have many opinions about it. I I think that I like to see that the industry is shifting away from it, acknowledging that it's it's a big time commitment and uh, mental capacity commitment as well. Uh, and I've seen a lot of companies uh, replacing that with a portfolio review or um, or doing something like on the spot. Uh, I don't really know what the best way is, but I do have to say that when I have applied for jobs with a with um with um with a take home assignment, I've gotten the job. So, um, I guess for me, since I do portfolios specifically for each company, I'd rather do an assignment or something that is like fresh and that it shows what I can do right now in this moment in time. And it doesn't rely on me, like looking back and thinking about what I've done and, and all that sort of thing. So for me, it works, but I do, I, I do acknowledge that it doesn't work for everybody. And I like that that's a barrier that's disappearing. What yeah. about you? Very conflicted. I have also done assignments in previous jobs and got those jobs, but have been given so few opportunities to even get to an assignment that it's basically like 10 out of 10. Mm. So that is a result, I think, of portfolio is kind of being broken, but also me not really having a portfolio. Every Practically every project I've ever done doesn't exist anymore. So there's no actual way for me to show that to anybody. So what I can show you is what I can do right now. Yeah. Which to me would mean probably working together on something, but then some people have an amazing portfolio of work that still exists from maybe 10 years ago that you could skip that process entirely. Yeah. Some people have no free time to do take home assignments. That's why I think there's some companies like linear 37 signals and others are getting into the habit of paying people to do projects for them as part of the interview process. Even so, when are you supposed to do that? I don't know. Yeah. Especially like if you're unemployed, then maybe, but if you, if you're not like, hmm. like if you're employed and have kids and, um, you know, alive, um, ha yeah. How are you supposed to like, uh, squeeze that in? Um, I think also just making me think like it really sh should depend on like the level that you're applying for. Like, I understand that as, uh, like juniors, maybe like, if you're starting out or, or for an internship, uh, you will have to be able to show what you're able to do right now because you don't have a lot to show for what you're done. But if you are someone that has been working for 15, 20 years, honestly, I, I think a couple conversations is probably enough, you know, to well, tell how the people think, how the person thinks and what they're capable of doing. But what if you are somebody with 15 years experience who still thinks it's 15 years ago, whereas you've got a junior who is up to speed on the latest ways of doing things, you don't have the same benchmarking. Mm. Yeah. 
Um, I think uh, yeah, that's a tricky it's a, t- it's a tricky subject because obviously, um, usually when I talk about juniors, I, I think back to myself as a junior, um, and I was very eager to show what I was able to do visually. Um, but that had not like I had no like visibility into like what a business needs. Like I, I was just like trying things and see, see what stuck. Um, I don't think that's the case for all juniors. I think that especially like as like the more information we have, the more our craft evolves, they come more prepared than I was like 10 years ago or 12 years ago. But, uh, it's making me think that a good way to go about this would be like, you choose how you want to apply or showcase your your skills. Uh, and I think that that can be coupled with being someone who asks the right questions to the people who are interviewing so that you know what the company needs. Because that, you know, uh, if you can show that you understand the needs and like why they need someone like you or someone that does what you do, that's already a big part of what, like what they want to know about you. This is the getting back to the sort of generic scattergun approach to applying for jobs versus not, because you end up with an incredibly generic resume, a portfolio which has product design work, graphic design work, motion, animation, photography. Nobody knows what you can specifically do, but they know you can do things. Then you add like another dimension of what company are you applying for? How mature is that company? How many people are on the team? If you are somebody who can do lots of different stuff, you might be way more successful applying to a startup as the first designer versus an enterprise company with 500 who want you to sit in the corner and work on one widget for two years. You're never going to be able to get that job with a generic portfolio. Yeah. Yeah, and I actually want to bring back something you mentioned earlier. Uh, well, whoa, that sounded very podcasty. Uh, <laughs> uh, circle back to Jesus Christ. We'll, we'll circle back to um, uh, some of your point uh, from earlier. Um, yeah, you mentioned that it's it was hard for you to get to the point, like the assignment stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, if that was difficult, then. Right now, it's a nightmare because right now, and I'm telling you this as someone who is applying for jobs for a full-time position, um, right now, this is how I think it works. I'm trying to uh, apply with my resume and sometimes a, a cover letter, but I'm trying to do the, the th- my, my thing that I do, like no portfolio until like we talk or something like that. Uh, that doesn't work because now I think that it's all like, um, automated systems that like look for keywords and and amount like level of completion of like the form. I don't know exactly how it works, but I'm noticing that I don't even get to have a conversation with an actual person, which is terrifying. That horrifies me <clears throat> because it makes it even harder to show you. If you just create a Word document in Times New Roman, filled with keywords, and you're probably going to get through. Yeah. Which is just horrible. That's not how this works or should work. 
Yeah. Uh, I think there's probably a, a, a point to be made that maybe that new way of, of doing hiring processes can help remove bias and just um, find ways to create algorithms that create more of like a, uh, an equal, an actual real equal opportunity uh, process for everybody. I don't know how, I don't know how, how I would do that. Um, But it doesn't feel right now. It just feels very disheartening and very difficult to deal with because you basically get ghost. Like we are in the era of ghosting and like people ghost you, companies ghost you. Um, And it sucks because like it really takes a toll on, on your confidence too. Yeah. I big, I'm very in favor of the, no bias thing, but that going back to the big company application stuff, big companies love referrals. Mm. They are very important to getting a leg up in the application process for a large company, or I don't even know what large company means. Um, any successful company that has recruiting software really, really likes a referral, which to me comes back to what we've spoke about a thousand times of the importance of knowing people and networking, just becoming annoyingly present in different places, because it's going to be way more beneficial to know somebody who works there, who can vouch for you than spending six months crafting this perfect website that nobody's ever going to look at. Yeah. Yeah, I I think that which is biased too. (laughs) It is so much, and and one of the I think one of the aspects of it, and I've definitely felt that as um, someone who was burnt out. uh, I think that coming from a sabbatical, uh, and and working on putting work into a like more like healthy place in my life, finding what work-life um, balance. I think, I don't think it's beneficial for me to like spend so much time thinking about it, thinking about work outside of work. And to me, the networking and the, the social media, which I do, but it's still something that requires me to be thinking about it outside of my working hours. Um, and I have found myself doing a pep, like a self pep, pep talk in which I was like, I need to find some fucks to give because I wanted to let work be work. Like you can be very professional and good at what you deliver without not overdoing it like you can do your work and then like close your laptop and go paint or go have a drink with friends or just go pole dancing like I, you don't have to be obsessed with work to be good at work you know um but it's so hard if you don't if you don't know people if you don't put yourself out there there's the competition is just getting so much tougher the, the more there are layoffs and all the things that the industry has gone through this year it's so difficult to find a balance. Yeah, the people are gen, people are lazy though. And I'm, when I when I say people, I mean a referral can potentially skip loads of steps of something for a company. And 
spending time on social media is increasingly becoming a waste of time, I think, but also not. So you can make some really good connections. What I have found over the past couple of years is that conferences are where these things really heat up. And I didn't know this, didn't know this happened, but maybe last year, year before, I went to a series of one day conferences and just saw the same people over and over again in these places, in this bubble. And that to me was eye-opening because I didn't know that even existed. So if there's anything to maybe trial, just go to some evening events or try and get yourself to a day conference somewhere and talk to people. Five Ah. years later, that might pay off. Location privilege though. Remember when we talked about that? Like, um, I, I think, I think there are a lot of, uh, events, design related events here in Madrid, specifically in Barcelona, probably, but they're not related to the kind of work that I do, the kind Mm. of work that I want to do, the companies that I want to work for. Um, that's one of the things that I'm noticing more is that, um, I have a bunch of my friends who are designers here in Spain who are like, oh no, I'm trying to learn English. I'm trying to like get out of Spain, like, like work-wise because the kind of work that I do, they're just paying me like 10 times less just by uh, limiting myself to the uh, the work that it's, it's happening here. So um, I would, I would imagine like a place like London is, is one of the places to be. Like you go to those events and like you talk to people that work at the place that you can work at and want to work at. Um, and I'm so jelly of that. Yeah. One, one final question then. What is the ideal, what's your ideal portfolio format? Um, I, I think I'm going to answer that as someone who has reviewed portfolios before and has been part of hiring processes. Um, I think a loom video is very time boxed thing very short and sweet so that I can ask questions uh later I think that's probably um the best a video explaining a little bit of about your profile and the kind of work that you've done and if it's for design specifically uh honestly just any link that shows me what you do visually I I'm still okay with like looking at someone's dribble like it doesn't show me like exactly like their thought process but if i can if i can see in a little video how you think and then how you think visually in a, in a dribble or behance or whatever i think that's probably enough to like start a conversation disclaimer i have not been part of a hiring process for a long time and like this whole like new like thing of, of the software and how it works it's i don't know uh how it, wor- it would work that way but for me a video is definitely a win about you i don't really mind what format is but what i really promote is respecting time can i get everything i need out of me looking at this thing for one to two minutes and how can you optimize that process as much as possible that to me then naturally leads into like either single page something or single like scrollable document with very key bullet points some visuals Let's, let's talk about this more somewhere else instead yeah. of it being jump, click this link to go and view this thing, click this link to go and view mm. that you've already lost me because I've got four browser tabs open and 500 applications to review. 
Yeah, I, I think that keeping that thought in mind the entire time that you are crafting your things to apply is to think like, if this is something that a person has to look at 500, 1,000 of, this is still work. And then it's just like, oh, so much more simple then. How can we end this on a positive note? <laughs> um, on a positive note is that, uh, uh, oh man, don't put me on the spot. Do you have I, something? I I think that it's becoming much easier and cheaper to make portfolios. And sometimes a single Figma link is enough to get you somewhere very positive. Yeah. Uh, do, do you feel like this was an, I feel like it was positive. Like it was, we were talking about the realities of applying, but I don't know. I feel like as someone who is applying for jobs, I actually feel pumped now because I even just having talked about the videos now a little bit more broadly is making me be like, maybe I can just get a little bit creative. What if I paint, I paint a, a, a painting and I, I print some of my visual work and I paste it and I do some kind of like things with my hands instead of my, with my laptop, just anything, right? Bring, anything bring back that's the, bring back the physical portfolio. Yeah, bring it back. Big folder. Just walk around and just, you know, just put your glasses like properly before you can like browse through your projects and show it to the person who's interviewing you. For those that were watching this, we were both wearing glasses because we're very serious people. Forgets that this is a podcast and not <laughs> a video cast or whatever it's called. Okay. Uh, portfolios. Thank you very much. We'll see <laughs> you all next time. Thank you, portfolios. Time. Love ya. Bye. Bye.